Hello and welcome to episode 122 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVDs on Redbox. I'm your host Bob Phelan. And I'm your co-host Joel Phelan. And this week we're going to look at some movies like we do every week. <laughs> uh, theme of the week, mental illness. It's a lot of movies about mental illness out there. Yeah. And we're going to talk about two this week, one new, one old First up, we're going to talk about Still Alice, starring Julianne Moore, uh, Kristen Stewart. Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin, yeah. And, uh, Kate Bosworth. That's correct. And then we're going to switch on to the film club segment where we talk about the classic Ordinary People, starring Mary Tyler Moore and... Uh, Tim Hudlow? Hudlow? Something. Tim Hudlow and... I was thinking of the father. Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland. That's right. <laughs> I get him confused with uh, um, another guy. Every <laughs> once in a while. So I can't remember his name. It's late, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and then we'll talk about our top five movies related to mental illness. All right. But starting off, Still Alice. This is a movie that Julianne Moore won Best Actress for. At the Oscars this year. Um, it's a movie about a woman who is a linguistics professor. Yeah. And she gets diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's disease. And basically the movie just details her struggle with that. And yeah. her relationships moving forward. And how it affects her life. Yeah. Uh, going into it, what were your expectations? Oh, I didn't really have any. I didn't... I hadn't really heard of the movie before, um, but the actor seemed decent, so I thought it'd be at least a decent movie. Yeah, I had heard that it was a surprisingly good movie with a powerhouse lead performance, and I'd say that's about right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I thought her acting was so good, it, it really stood out. Yes, everything absolutely. Very, very good job. Um, Julian Moore, well deserved. Tip of the cap to you. Yeah, absolutely, my lady. But um, I don't know. Other than her super super strong lead performance, uh, I thought the movie left something out there. Really? Know. Yeah. I liked the movie. I thought this is probably the scariest movie of last year. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Terrifying, <laughs> honestly. Like, I was... It just made me think, holy shit. That would be, like, the worst feeling ever. It's like... It's almost like being diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah. You know, Alzheimer's and Lou Gehrig's disease. Slow, debilitating diseases that there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. <laughs> you just gotta hope it takes a long time and... Yeah. Just deal with it. That is... Fucking terrifying to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I thought her performance was super strong. It kind of made the other people stand out a little bit more. Like her family. Mm -hmm. I thought Kristen Stewart did a decent job. I thought she was really good too, actually. Uh, I just think the direction and how they showed her character just didn't fit. I thought she did a great job, but how she was incorporated, I don't know. Stood out a little too much to me. Mm -hmm. um, Kate Bosworth, I thought her, she was kind of stiff. Yeah. Uh, her character was kind of stiff. Yeah, but. true. 
And Alec Baldwin was not in it. Not enough. good or not. He wasn't necessarily bad. He I thought he would of, have a bigger role. Yeah, he was just sort of Alec Baldwin being a dad and. I don't know. Indifferent, I guess, about his performance. Yeah. Um, I thought that it was a little easy to make her a linguistics professor. Oh, the irony, you know? Yeah, well, I think it is a true story. I think there was a book. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, even so. But still, <laughs> I wrote that down as well. A lot of the uh, plot elements so were the pretty convenient and yeah. kind of lazy. But I, I just thought that they really got across the fear from both sides as a parent and as a spe- like from all angles like yeah. how hard that would be on everybody especially when they said the part about how it's hereditary yeah and how scary that is for those kids and there's a test you can do to find out and that's the dilemma I actually thought they could have spent more time on that yeah and that's the dilemma do you want to know or do you not want to know yeah about Kristen Stewart I think Ends up not wanting to know. Yeah, and one of the other kids does have it, and one of the other ones doesn't. That's like Russian roulette, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Couldn't imagine. I, I don't think I would want to know because, I mean, you want to know. Yeah. But if you had it, I don't think I could, like, live my life. Yeah. Or you'd be, like... Living your life to the fullest day by day. I don't care. I'm gonna... Yeah, it's... I mean, you would react one of two ways. You would seize it and live every day like it's your last, or you're going to be walking around like there's but a hatch. You're not going to remember it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <Later> <laughs> What's <life>. the point? <laughs> um, but I thought they really got across the guilt that she felt from that, even though obviously out of her control. She yeah. had no idea. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But just to think that you did that to your kids, oh. they really got that the pain and the anguish across yeah I, I thought she did a great job especially for when she wasn't talking like how she acted with her eyes and body language mm-hmm. and you could see she was stressed out like more and more towards the end yep and um, yeah there's there's let's see the diagnosis it it starts off pretty quick i mean right away she kind of finds out. At yeah, she's like having the first, within troubles. the first 10 minutes. Yeah, she knows something is wrong. And then it doesn't take too long to get into what it actually was. And I like that. Yeah. Because if you read the premise of the movie, you knew what it was going to be. So Yeah. <laughs> and I actually really like the scene in the beginning of the movie where she's like walking around and all of a sudden she's having like an episode where she doesn't know where she is. Yeah. And I just love... The way that was shot, how she was in focus, but everything around her was blurry. Yeah, that was a perfect way to yeah. represent that. Like, you know? Yeah, all of a sudden being lost in a familiar place. Um, and basically, I just thought they did a great job of showing that slow degradation of her mind. Yeah, um, just a little by little, more yeah. episodes and warning signs until... She kind of finally breaks a little bit. Mm-hmm. Kind of really can't take care of herself anymore. Yeah, there's just some brutal scenes. Like when she pees herself. Um, just looking for the phone. Yeah. Just tearing tearing stuff up in the middle of the night. Some, And I thought they did a good job where it's not a complete downward climb. It's like they... Or fall. It's like uh, 
they say you're going to have good days and bad days. And yeah. they even showed like some days earlier on were worse than other times later. And I thought that was realistic. Um, as far as the relationship between her and her husband, I mean, it seemed a lot more professional than anything, didn't it? Yeah. I um, mean, he did seem like he cared about her, don't get me wrong, but he never stopped caring about work any less throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, uh, some of his motivations I didn't completely understand, but then again, you put yourself in the shoes, it's kind of... Yeah, he's probably out. dealing with it through... It's their own way, yeah. But. And, but, and Kristen Stewart, I didn't really care about her character as far as her trying to be an actress or anything. Yeah. But as a daughter to her, I thought their relationship was really good. Like yeah. She was, of, before this happened, she was like the black sheep of the family, you know. She, it was seemed like Julianne Moore, or Alice, and her older daughter was... Probably closer. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And then, what do you know? She turns out to be the one that's going to be there for her. That's going to actually try to understand where she's coming from. And yeah, I think they did a good job, at least with that. Where Kristen Stewart was more realistic about it mm-hmm. and willing to actually talk about the tough things. And her older daughter was just like, "That's rude," or you know, talk like she's not even there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, there is one scene in particular that was I thought was crazy. It was when uh, she leaves herself, and it's set up pretty well earlier in the film. She leaves herself a message oh, on the yeah. computer, and I don't want to spoil it, but uh, that was I thought that was intense. Yeah, I don't know. Especially how it lead, led up later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's not too much to talk about with this movie. Yeah, it's um, kind of a short topic movie, you know. Um, you either like it or you didn't. I thought her, yeah, her lead performance, that is the main thing of the movie. But that is so much of the movie that yeah. for me, it, it really worked. Um, again, not a movie that I'm going to be watching again I, anytime soon just because I was... I I thought it was sad. I thought it was scary. I just I just a pleasant watch. Yeah, I thought it was a big budget lifetime movie. Really, kind of had a little bit of a TV hmm. movie kind of feel. Which actually, I read a couple other reviews, and some other people said that as well. That it seemed to be more centric to women, and they had reasons why the type of shots used and stuff hmm. like that. I didn't quite get that much of a feel but I did the Lifetime movie type thing with big fairly big actors is kind of the vibe and I this, got they should it seems like Alzheimer's is that more of a woman's disease I don't know because in that one community center in a movie there was like 10 women to every man the old time yeah that's place. a good point um, and just thinking about in my own personal life my great grandfather had Alzheimer's disease um, hmm. But I feel like I've heard more about women having it. Yeah, it it's might be like more susceptible. And, and I think men are more susceptible to Ligares, ALS. Ligares, yeah. yeah. Uh, and MS seems like mostly women get that. Yeah. Osteoporosis. Like, I feel like mostly women. Maybe. 
It's just weird how... I have heard that women are more susceptible to memory mm-hmm. issues or something. It's just weird how that works. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand it. Even in the movie, if you think about it, only the women... Yeah. Ended up the sun having. didn't. Oh, the mysteries and <laughs> tragedies of life. No wonder we can never understand women, because they eventually forget it all, too. So. <laughs> yeah, they got all kinds of mental problems. <laughs> <laughs> Jab at a joke. Um, yeah, I guess basically this movie comes down to if you buy into anything other than her performance. Yeah, and I think it's how much does it hit home for you? Yeah, you know, I never personally me. had anyone in my family with Alzheimer's that I know of. So, so I mean, it's not that I don't care. It's just I can't relate. Yeah. I have obviously. I mean, I was so young when he passed away from it that yeah. it didn't have a huge effect on me. But I remember like going to see him at the hospital when I was super young. Plus, just having kids, yeah, it kind of. Yeah, I don't want to ever forget my kids or have you know. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of brutal. It hit home a little bit for me. I get a little emotional towards the end there, but I give it a seven and a half out of ten. I I would recommend it. I gave it a six and a half. I would also recommend it, but uh, it wasn't really my baby. Fair enough. (laughs) Let's find out if the classic review for this week was (laughs) more of your thing. Ordinary People, obviously we've already stated, starring Mary Tyler Moore. Uh, From 1980. Yep. Uh, Donald Sutherland. Yeah. Uh, They're the parents to a kid. Conrad. Yes, Conrad. And the movie starts off, and you don't really know, like, this tragedy that has happened. Yeah, they kind of ease into it, don't they? Yeah, but basically, Conrad's older brother, uh, Buck, died in an accident, and basically the movie is how they're dealing with that as a family. Yeah. That's the simple synopsis. I heard a ton of great things about this movie. Through the years, through the grapevine, uh, just never get, had a chance to watch it, so this was a good opportunity to do so. Yeah. So, well, what's your initial reaction to this movie? Pretty similar to Still Alice, actually. Yeah. Uh, great performances, I thought. Um, I thought they did a good job of getting across like different ways that people can react to loss and grief and yeah, and how it can affect relationships. Um, good act, like I already said that, uh, good character work. How about you? Uh, I thought the main characters had good acting. Yeah. The rest of it was kind of lost in time a little bit, kind of yeah, cheesy. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Like his friends in school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the swim coach. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't love the movie. I, I'll go out and say I gave this a seven and a half as well. Yeah, I gave it a um, seven. I liked it a little bit better than Still Alice. Um, I I did like how they kind of make him out to be like he's crazy or something because he's going to the psychiatrist. Yeah. And I kind of like how it really ends up being that his mother is so cold. Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah. The, the way that the mom acts. Like the father, he's like... Just trying to make sure everyone's happy. Trying to bring everyone together. Yeah. 
The son is just retreated back into himself, can't sleep, blames himself, feels the guilt, feels like shit, and the mom doesn't help because she loved the other son more than him. Yeah. And is taking it out on him and yeah, she's like can't so connect. obsessed with being normal or not being perceived. Yeah. She wants to be successful and normal at the same time at any expense to her family, essentially. Yeah. Emotional. Emotionally, at least. It is kind of a shame that they make the woman, the only woman character like that. <laughs> yeah. like, Cold-hearted bitch. Leaning into stereotypes. <laughs> uh, that's unfortunate. But, I mean, it is a way that people can react. Yeah. I mean, that's a big loss. And... I, I think it's there's a great scene later on where she's like hate my son of course a mother can't hate her son like she kind of gets a chance to get off her chest what she really feels you know? yeah and it, it's like yeah she doesn't hate this son but she just well that one was her first son first child mm-hmm. might have had just a little bit deeper connection and doesn't know how to act you know it's, yeah it's tough but it was so frustrating to watch this kid actually try to open up at one point oh, saying, yeah. oh, I'm doing good in school, Mom. Like, all he wants is just a little, like, connection or gratification or some kind of response to make to tell him that he's doing good. And he just can't get it. Yeah, it's probably initially why he even goes to the psychiatrist yeah. in the beginning, you know, because they want to be like, great. Which yeah. I think his dad does. But his dad kind of plays the middle ground too much. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I forgot to even mention, yeah, Judd Hirsch is the psychiatrist. And he That's one of my favorite parts of the movie, is the yeah. relationship between the kid and the psychiatrist. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. All his like preconceived notions of uh, what a psychiatrist should do. And then he's yeah. like, I don't know, you tell me. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like a lot of movies have... T- Pulled from this movie, just like we talked about in the heat of yeah. the night. Um, like the, just the whole banter between a psychiatrist and and like the witty repartee and commenting on what is going on. Yeah, hard to explain, but I feel like other movies. Maybe this is where that kind of started. Maybe not. I don't yeah, know. yeah, just the outside of the box kind of psychiatry yeah. type thing. I know the psychiatrist who's will make comments about being a psychiatrist and the preconceived notions. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. But then you slowly find out throughout the movie you get a little bit more backstory of what actually happened. That didn't really pay off for me as as much as I thought it might. The way they built it up you would have thought like it was something really crazy that happened. Yeah. You know? And yeah, I agree with you. They they probably would have been better off explaining that more in the beginning. We are in spoiler territory for a film club segment. Yeah. I forgot to so I don't know why we're... <laughs> Always, like, tiptoeing a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, so it turns out it was, like, a boating accident or in a storm, yeah. and they both fell into the water, but only Conrad was able to pull himself back up to safety. Yeah. Essentially, I mean... Yeah, that's all. It's boating accident. Yeah, exactly. One nobody's fault. Two went down. One came up. Yeah, he was lucky enough to survive. Yeah, I guess that's where his guilt 
deep down built yeah. from you know like, yeah why could i have made it he didn't but then it's just compressed by his parents mm-hmm. not being able to deal with it as well yeah i did think it was kind of weird how they were operating so normal not too far after that yeah and it made me think obviously i have a kid how would i react you know yeah. i feel like in my head i'd be devastated forever <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how you can ever move on from that. Yeah, I mean, I don't see you ever getting over it. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's just a matter of how you move on with life. Deep stuff. (laughs) Yeah, this episode, it's about tough things in life that you try (laughs) not to think about. You watch movies to avoid thinking about? Well, not not this week. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Loss is a very tough thing. Fortunately, I haven't had to deal with too much of it, but it's tricky. Yeah, the only thing I also really say about the movie is that, again, it's probably another movie that was kind of ahead of its time, especially mental health being really a recent issue that's kind of come back into the spotlight with movies and all. Yeah, yeah, in general, just uh, prescription medicines and all that. Yeah, it's now it's kind of in the public conscious and and getting more and more awareness out. This, yeah, it definitely was ahead of its time as far as that goes. Yeah. Although but, it is interesting to see the difference how he just goes to a crazy house. Like, he's not on any kind of medication to help his depression. Yeah. Today would be handled so differently. Yeah. Not to say it would turn out any better. More likely it'd be the opposite. They would shove a bunch of pills down his throat and not give him any actual... Yeah. Psychiatry. Unfortunately, yeah. that's how mental health's dealt with in this country. Yeah. But it might not have been any better, but it definitely would have been handled differently. Like yeah. You're saying, so. Um. Uh, yeah. I don't know much more to say about this one. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting how the friends of the family are kind of like when they go on that golf trip, they're with their friends. And you kind of get a peek of just at that perspective as well. Like they're just kind of tiptoeing around them, you know, treating them with kid gloves a little bit. Yeah. And once they start their big fight, they're like trying to calm it down. But then then it gets turned on them. They're like, hey, hey, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Good movie, I thought. Yeah, it's, it's a good watch. For I sure. said uh, 7 out of 10 for me. Yeah, I'm still at a 7.5. <laughs> well, there are a lot of good movies about mental illness, from what I found. Yeah, and I was I, surprised, especially after we were, last episode we talked about the civil rights or being so few. Yeah. Surprised how many. Yeah, I feel like I, I had a really strong list on this one. Very happy. And a lot of honorable mentions as well. Nice. What's your number five? My number five, kind of a sucker punch. Sucker punch? Sucker punch. The, you know, talk to the girls. Yep. It's about, it's fiction. I mean, I know it's a little bit of a stretch. But I like how it's stylized. I don't, it's not my favorite movie in the world, but I, I respect the movie for its style. And that is, it's really all about the girl just getting a lobotomy. And she's just in her mind. Yeah, I've that's the only reason it really made my list. Is that perspective. I've seen bits and pieces 
But I never watched the whole thing just because I heard so many bad things. It's not a great movie. I mean, it's couple scenes, action scenes are awesome action scenes, and it's got cool music, it's got a Zach cool style, but the movie yeah. itself doesn't really come together the way you would like it to. Gotcha. Uh, my number five is Punch Drunk Love. Okay. This is the Paul Thomas Anderson directed movie starring Adam Sandler. He's he's a guy that is... Have you seen it? Um, no, I haven't. Adam Sandler plays this guy. It's like a romantic comedy from the mind of the, my favorite director, PTA. Uh, I've heard some of the movie from my brother watching it, but I, I haven't watched it. Much. It's like a guy It's a little slow. Obviously, has something going on yeah. in his brain. Uh, he, like... If what I'm recalling correctly, he's like a cup. He's like a couponer. He, uh, uh you know, flipper. <laughs> or he, or he like, uh, he's like a hoarder. Oh, um, okay. I'm trying to remember. It's been like a few years since I've seen <laughs> it, but uh, anyway, he falls in love with this girl, and it's basically just a romantic comedy between him and this girl. But it's so well made. The direction is great. The acting is amazing. Philip Seymour Hoffman is in it. Okay. As him. kind of a, a villain, so to speak. And he's incredible in his parts as well. Sweet. It's just funny. This is a movie that really shows off how a director can change a movie. I feel like if the same exact movie was directed by the guy who made any random romantic comedy from the 2000s it would have just been one of those movies but under the hands of PTA it's just dark darkly comical (laughs) weird interesting look you know and he really gets the the best out of Adam Sandler it's it's really good what's your number four? my number four is Silver Linings Playbook? Playbook (laughs) better than Silver Linings um I think it's the most recent movie on my list. It's, uh, my whole list, all these movies are fairly close. Sucker Punch is more of a uh, wild card, I, I admit that. But great movie, Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence. Yep. And Robert De Niro. Chris Tucker. Yeah. Jackie Weaver. Um, Donald have You've done this movie, I'd imagine. Did yeah, we do this. Me and Casey reviewed it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, it's it's a good movie. It is. It is. The great chemistry between them two. Yeah, I, I love De Niro in it, too. I love him when he's funny, even if it's not necessarily supposed yeah. to be funny. Just, uh, yeah, it is a really good movie. Um, romantic, I guess it is kind of a kind, romantic Yeah, comedy, it's got a lot of heart in it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my number four is Take Shelter. This is another one of my favorite directors. Uh, best, I've heard of this movie. I haven't movies. seen it. Jeff Nichols. It's starring Michael Shannon and Jessica Chastain. Um, Michael Shannon plays a guy who... His mom was a schizophrenic. Uh, okay. Is that what... Schizophrenic. When you're like having... Multiple these, personalities is schizophrenic. Is it? Bipolar is... You don't have personalities, but... You basically, may as well... <laughs> But his mom has 
one of these issues. Maybe you can help me figure out which one it is as I go. <laughs> but right. he starts having these dreams that the end of the world is coming, and he's believing it. And he 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 thinks it's a vision, but he's also scared that he's gonna have he's showing signs of having what his mother had, and okay. so he starts making a shelter that will for his family uh, to protect them from this big storm, end of the world, apocalyptic thing. It like affects his job, his relationships, and all the stuff, and uh, just. The places it goes, it's super, super good. Yeah, it sounds like a paranoid schizophrenia. Yeah, I think that's probably what it is. But, man, awesome movie. Michael Shannon, incredible performance. Sounds good. The direction is amazing. The ending is polarizing, but I loved it. Cool. Um, Jessica Chastain, I still love that one. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's my number four. All right. My number three is... Shutter Island, another fiction, but I um, love this movie. I don't mention for me. Yeah. Yeah, Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio. Nothing like the Shutter Island twist. I don't want to give it away for anyone that hasn't seen it, but yeah, it's it's a great thrill ride. Yeah, I don't usually like these type of movies, but DiCaprio, you can't go wrong with it. It's essentially Scorsese doing Shyamalan. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and doing it well. No. Great performance. Mark Ruffalo as well as his partner. Oh, yeah. His investigative partner. Um, yeah. I remember it was just a great time in a the movie theater. It's like a mind fuck. One of those movies that I like watched at one time and it just became my go-to when I was bored. I've probably seen it 20 times. Yeah. It's, it's super good. It's crazy that some of the movies it didn't make most. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number three is Fight Club. Fight? Oh, man. Multiple personality disorder. Right Jeez, there. I wasn't even thinking. Um, I don't have to go too much into Fight Club. Yeah. I mean... If you don't know about it, you need to... You don't talk about watch it. it. <laughs> no. First two rules, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Edward Norton, Brad Pitt. Two of my favorite actors. Just super cool movie. David Fincher. Uh, he's... Getting into his heyday here with this. This is like one of his earlier great movies, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Amazing, yeah. What's your number three? My number two. Two? Yep. My number two. Number two. No, tell me number three, three again. Number three, three Shutter Island for reference. <laughs> <laughs> the moving on to number two, Force Gump. All right. Uh, I think it's an overrated movie, but obviously it's solid. Yeah. So it's a respectful number two. I'd say that. I'd kind of I remember the same growing up, <laughs> Uncle Charlie, everybody, best movie ever. Yeah, I don't know about that. It's a, it's a good it's movie. Good, man. It's definitely it, a good movie. It's he has done everything. Yeah. <laughs> my number two is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Ooh, it's on my list it's somewhere else. One? Yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah, the classic man. Jack Nicholson. I love that movie. One of the older movies my dad has given me a great uh, lead on. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. It was. Um, I think I first saw the parody version from The Simpsons before I saw the real. <laughs> really? But it's super good. Jack Nicholson at his finest. I don't know. Either that or The Shining. One yeah, it's two. a regardless. It is a. Absolute classic. It's funny 
It's heartfelt. It's dramatic. It's a little bit of everything. There's a good bad guy. Yeah. Woman. woman. Yep. The Indian guy. He's yeah. a great character. He's like silent. <laughs> yeah. Big guy. Yeah, that was good. And my number one. Dun, dun. This movie I talked about a couple weeks ago. I can't remember the list, but Black Swan. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, um, what was that? Sundance? It was either Sundance. Who knows? Yeah, New York movies. Yeah, that's I it. Believe. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, um, talking about it then, it's still great in my mind. Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky for sure one of my again the theme of this list for me is my favorite directors are making these movies yeah um maybe I have something wrong with my brain (laughs) yeah right Uh, a little too much (laughs) just love the style I love Natalie Portman her performance is great she's this devoted ballerina who Mm -hmm. starts having some mental breakdowns (laughs) Just her relationship with her mom is driven into this. Her just dedication to the art. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It just was a fantastic movie. Yeah. Any other mentions? Yeah, yeah. I'll start. Rain Man and I Am Sam. All right. Sean Penn. Full retard. <laughs> Never want to get it. Uh, the Machinist. For me, have you seen it? I've seen the beginning of it. Christian Bale. Yeah, actually, fairly recently. He's got a little uh, anorexia going on. Yeah, he looks freaky. <laughs> great movie. Uh, great performance. Shutter Island, Silver Linings Playbook, Psycho, the original. Okay. Uh, American Psycho. <laughs> Christian Bale again. Uh, Matchstick Men, American Beauty, and who could forget? Me, myself, and Irene. Oh, man. Multiple personality disorder. Man, that would have been on the list if I thought about it. I rewatched it somewhat recently, like a year ago. Doesn't hold up as much as I remember, but still still has its moments. Great soundtrack. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Let's blow this popsicle stand. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I don't think that's the line. (laughs) I think it's, uh, come on, legs, let's roll. (laughs) Or something like that. Uh, yeah, what else did you watch this week? Anything? Um, I'm trying to think. Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Really. <laughs> uh, I think I watched some TV this week. Game of Thrones. Want to get into the latest episode? Yeah, we can. Um, without spoiling it. Well, that's gonna be hard. <laughs> All right. Um, they started if, the House if, of Black and White in this one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll just say real quick. If you're a spoiler averse to Game of Thrones, jump ahead a minute or two. Yeah. But the, obviously, huge controversy at the end of this episode. Yeah, Sansa. Are, there's a lot of people who are pretty butthurt about that. Whoa, scene. poor choice Whoa. of words. <laughs> <laughs> really, really bad choice of words. Uh, yeah. I know one person, at least, that is. <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately, the scene with Sansa getting raped by Ramsay while Theon watches in the corner. This was not in the books. Yeah. At least not Sansa. This was a different character in the books, and it actually was worse in the books. Really? Um, Theon gets her warmed up Ooh. in the books. <laughs> and it's actually Jane Poole, Sansa's friend, 
Yeah, I heard they were... Pretending to be fake Arya. It, it's a lot to get into. Yeah, I heard they combined some storylines. Yeah, it's... The problem is... They're going... Their small changes lead to have to be bigger changes because... Yeah. It's like George Martin has said, George R. R. Martin, it's the butterfly effect. You change one small thing in season one, by season five, you got a lot of big changes. Yeah. And well, it might be a good thing for you guys, the book readers, though. Because I think it is. <laughs> I'm enjoying it because it's like, ha, I don't have to worry. Is this fate? Don't is get me wrong. Justice? I didn't see that particularly scene, particular scene coming, but I mean, you knew Ramsey was going to do something that outrage, sick. I think some of the outrage is a little over the top. Obviously, I mean, it, I thought it was more disturbing than the Red Wedding. Personally, it was yeah cringeworthy. Didn't not comfortable watching, but. It kind of... That's Ramsey. He's a horrible human being. I mean, really, is it, it's horrible, but is it worse than what he's been doing to, to Theon? Theon the entire other seasons? The hard part is it's a character that was like a child yeah, when the show first started. It's your and, sweetest. And you've grown up and you've, you like yeah. him more and more. I don't know if they had to go there, but I don't think... That it's like blasphemy that they did. Obviously, it sucked. I wish they did. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I think the problem is a lot of people who were book readers said, "Oh, books four and five in the series they're weaker than the first three. Martin, he really, you know, they kind of talked yeah. to me personally. I love them. I still think they're amazing. And I, people were like, I'm glad they're going to be." Change the things and go in their own way once we get to these later seasons. But all of a sudden, when you see what the writers are doing on their own, they can't live up to, yeah. you know, the material. And it's just funny how they're criticizing the season because of the changes when they were looking forward to it. I don't know. Yeah, and I feel the way about some of the people that just see the TV show. I think you're getting a bigger group of people that wouldn't normally watch something like Game of Thrones yeah. be interested now, and they're like, oh, I can't believe you're doing that. Yeah. At this point, nothing's really surprising me all that much. You, I feel like you kind of know. I mean, I don't know. I'm a book reader, but I don't know exactly where the storyline's going, but I feel like I know just from the cues of the show. They're doing this. So that when Ramsey gets his, it's even more sweet. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was saying. Sansa's going to have to take her quote-unquote beating until the time is right. And Yeah. It's unfortunate, you know, but it's going to be nice when he dies. Yeah. If, if he, I, hopefully he does. I think that's pretty clear so far. Yeah. I mean, Ramsey's going to get what's his because... It's just a matter of who's going to Sansa do has the town, you know? Who's going to get him? Sansa, Littlefinger, Theon, Brienne. Yeah. <laughs> like a bunch of Thanos. I hate the stuff with Dorne. They're ruining Dorne completely. Yeah, it's been my least favorite part. The so Sand far. Snakes are just cartoon characters, so stupid. Yeah, I it's don't like the dollars at all so far. But I, as a whole, I love the stuff with uh, Tyrion and Jorah. I love yeah. the stuff with Arya. Stuff at King's Landing is interesting. I still, I'm enjoying the show for what it is. Oh yeah, it's just it's Daenerys' story needs to be fleshed out a little bit more. I think I feel good about where it's going. Really? Yeah. That hasn't changed too much from the books. That's pretty much my first impression from the season, from the first three or four episodes, was... Eh, the episodes weren't all, like, over-the-top fantastic, but I know all this is important for later. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm still enjoying it. Yeah, I'm definitely eager for more. <laughs> All right. All right, I'll just... I was going to go to the movies first. I'll just get through my TV shows first. Huh. Uh, watch the premiere of Wayward Pines. This was the M. Night Shyamalan TV oh, yeah. show. He directed the first episode and his producer. It's about Matt Dillon as a guy who wakes up. He was in a car accident or something. He wakes up in a hospital. Doesn't know where he is. And weird stuff starts happening. Like he can't get out of where he is. He can't get out of this town. It's like... It was like a Truman Show-esque feeling where hmm. they're doing every all this weird stuff. Like, he wakes up in the hospital, but it's an empty hospital. He's, like, the only one there, and it's just this one nurse. Um, I don't know why I'm going too much, because I thought it was pretty bad. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting premise. I heard good things about it. I didn't, I didn't see it. I, mean, I, whew, I thought it was pretty terrible, actually. I was about to say, this must have been pretty good if you're... <laughs> yeah, I started going with the <laughs> synopsis. Uh, I just, my wife, she said she's going to give, Sam, she's going to give it a, a, another crack. Second episode. I don't know if I'm with her or not. I hear there's a big twisted episode five or something. Yeah. I don't know. But also the premiere of The Bachelorette. Woo! Ooh, new season. Uh, this is obviously... A show that my wife watches, <laughs> and I am just along for the ride. As a guilty pleasure, if I'm being honest, just I like The Bachelor more because it's 25 girls, yeah, instead of just one. But um, I don't know the drama. It's I'm a reality show guy. It's it's weird with TV. I either like the best shows like Game of Thrones, Mad Men, <laughs> Breaking Bad, or complete trash reality shows like Survivor <laughs> Big Brother and, but uh, this season it's, the thing was it's two bachelorettes and then the guys got to pick between them who was going to be the real bachelorette for the rest of the season interesting um, I thought they were going to the threes and angle but <laughs> what can only happen interesting that the show where the girl actually has the power in, in <laughs> giving it they give it right back to the guys yeah <laughs> very interesting uh I don't know. America. Yeah. And speaking of Survivor, the finale was last night, actually. Yeah. Three-hour finale. Um, season 30, Worlds Apart. I loved it. Loved the finale. The do season, they, what do they get now? Is it a million? million bucks, still a million dollars. They figure with inflation. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> kept it at a cool mill. Uh, satisfying winner wasn't my favorite I didn't wasn't informed too hard it was a him yeah uh, I don't know I guess I can reveal it was the guy named Mike <laughs> uh, a guy who had to win five out of the last six immunity challenges to get to the end because everybody was going after him but he just kept winning and winning and winning Jeez. so that was kind of rewarding I didn't love him usually there's a, someone that I'm just rooting for and rooting for I didn't really have that this season but it was a, a really good season as a whole but my favorite part of the finale was that they revealed uh, the cast for the next season, which is an all-star type season. It's oh, called cool. Second Chances. And for two weeks, the audience has been able to vote between 16 men and 16 women, 10 each. And top 10 from each, they revealed live right, who cool. was going. And they immediately flew him to the island to start, like, right then and there. Wow. So there's, like, 12, the bitter 12, or bitter 11, because Mike was one of them. As a decoy, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the better toilet. It was just 
crazy to watch T-Bird. Um, you will not be going and just watching the heartbreak and devastation come across someone's face that, ha- that was from season three, waiting so long for the second chance. Jeez. And just, boom, 14 years, wait another one. Down the drain. <laughs> yeah, but I think next season is going to be amazing. It's 20... 20 people and like 18 of them are people that I like watching so that's cool yeah I like the all-star seasons but yeah well I guess it's people that play the game yeah, they know you, how to you, play you, you go into it knowing and you, you know, know the people already, you don't have so. to start from fra- from scratch all over again yeah and it's just interesting to see how oh this person did great on their season but how would they do against other people that know what they're doing oh yeah, yeah. that's true but sure anyway. they're going to the big leagues and yeah, whatever exactly <laughs> Uh, Alright, did you have any movies? Or? Uh, no. Okay. Not really. Speaking of Black Swan a little bit ago, I, uh, Magnolia Pictures was kind enough to send me her... Whoa, wow. <laughs> Sorry for almost knocking down my whole goddamn cassette. <laughs> Magnolia Pictures was nice enough to send me a review copy of a documentary called Ballet 422. And this was... Uh, Actually, Blu-ray. First Blu-ray DVD uh, review copy I've ever gotten. Uh, That was pretty nice. And this might actually be the best movie that I've gotten so far, as far as review copies. Um, That's cool. What's it about? Documentary. It's basically, it's pretty simple. It's just about this ballet company, I believe in New York, one of the biggest ballet companies, Mm so-and-so-so-so. And it basically just follows... The inception of an idea for a brand new ballet, the 422nd that they, this company has ever uh, made, okay. from I, inception to like picking the people he wants to be in it, practicing, coming up with the routine, rehearsals, all the way up to the grand, you know, the premiere of the yeah. thing and all that. And it's basically there's no narration. It's just like you're there the whole time, you know, hmm. just like. You're in the room and you're just watching everything as it happens. Like an hour and twenty minutes long, nice brisk pace. I'm not a huge ballet guy, you know. Yeah. But um, my three year old daughter just had her first uh, dance recital at a little ballerina last weekend, and I heard great things about it, and it was really really good. That's cool. Just shows the artistic process from beginning to end, you know how. Even if you're not into ballet, you see a finished ballet and you can respect the yeah. artistry of it, you know? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It seems cool. You can respect anything that you can see the effort. Yeah, into. and just the art of it. And this, it just showed how hard it is, you know, just to come up with something from scratch. You pick a piece of music and then you have to figure out a way with all these people to... How to make you it know? move and yeah. It's and I mean, I guess... I'd like to see a movie like this, like about a movie, you yeah. know, like a making of a movie. Oh, that would be cool. Script stages to that would take a little bit longer. This was like a probably a three month span. That would probably be like a three year span. But yeah, would love to see it. Um, yeah, I would like to see like the first conversations. And, mm-hmm. All right, I got this idea. Yeah, but just a great look at the the way that art is created. Yeah. And I guess it would be between this and Life Partners, which Lionsgate sent me a couple months ago, was my favorite so far. Cool. I might have to make a list on Letterboxd ranking my <laughs> movies. 
I just can't. I still can't believe that I'm getting review copies of yeah, these. Yeah, it's also beyond cool. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I've actually got three more requests in that could be coming away. So nice. Yeah, I'll keep you updated. But if if uh, Ballet 422 comes available for sale next week, I believe um, the end of May sometime. So mm-hmm. I would recommend it for sure. Yeah, if, I might check if anything it out. I said interested you, then. Well, you, I could just give you the yeah. Well, you that's true, but probably, since you are a part, I'm just of saying I'm, I'd be willing to watch that. Actually, yeah, it's really good. I also watched another documentary called Pumping Iron. This I've is a, seen this. Have you? Online. Well, I haven't seen the. I've seen a preview for yeah. it, and I've seen the uh, cover art. It's a documentary from the '70s, um, basically at the strong, like a uh, muscle. What, I don't know. What, yeah, I don't it was even, Mr. Universe yeah, or something some, like that. You know, bodybuilding competitions with. But the thing is, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lou Ferrigno, like, Jeez. you know, these characters before they were who they are. Yeah. Know? It's just, it's such a laid back, weird documentary. I don't know if that's just how they were back then. Like, it basically just felt like you were hanging out with these people and then show you this competition. Yeah. Like, I was so used to this kind of documentary being like that spelling bee one where it's like you follow these 10 people. And you go through the competition, yeah. and it gets you into your room for them, and it's like, <laughs> almost like you're watching a sporting event. This wasn't quite like that, but the most interesting thing is, you, you get to see Arnold Schwarzenegger unfiltered, like, before he was an actor, before he was anything, you know, you just, and you can see, he's kind of uh, an asshole, at times, yeah. but you can just see the charisma and why he was sought out to be one of the biggest actors of all time. Gee. Uh He's kind of funny. Sometimes in a laugh with, sometimes in a laugh at sense. Um, <laughs> and Lou Ferrigno is a character as well. And I don't know. It was just interesting as fart, part, fart, <laughs> <laughs> as part of a uh, just these people, you know, these yeah. celebrities before they were celebrities, and just seeing how they actually are. It was cool. I give it a seven and a half out of ten. Nice. And uh, another documentary. Night at the Museum, Part 3, Secret of the Tomb. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, this was obviously the third part of the trilogy. This is now my number... I've passed on this movie so many times at night. My new number one trilogy of all time. (laughs) I enjoyed the first Night at the Museum for what it was enough. I think it gave it like a six and a half. Yeah. Second one I thought was god-awful. had no intention of watch if I didn't have a kid <laughs> I would not have watched this movie but I had a free red box code and it was day off with my daughter so I was like well let's go see what you got here that we haven't seen and this was it she didn't like she watched like 10 minutes of it and went in the other room playing with her Barbies <laughs> I I watched it you polished it off I did while I was playing with my phone <laughs> looking at my phone uh, terrible not as Maybe not as bad as the second one. Maybe worse. Is the first tell. one Ben Stiller? Oh, they're all Ben Stiller, yeah. The third one is too? Yep. Really? And uh, the late, great Robin Williams. Oh. Robin Wilson. Owen Wilson. I got the impression that the Steve third one Cougar. wasn't going to be Ben Stiller. It still has big names, you know? Yeah. But so bad. It is Jeez. so bad. It's a shame. Uh, three and a half out of ten. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe we'll see it next week in our top five. <laughs> All right, let's get into the news. Not only one thing here Mad Max Fury awesome Road. Movie. Awesome, we go out and see it. <laughs> Sequel is coming, according to the director. 
going to be called Mad Max The Wasteland. Name fits. You're going to uh, draft it in the draft in three years? <laughs> of course, I stick by my franchises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll get into Mad Max Fury Road in a little bit when we talk about what came out in theaters this past weekend, but just thought that was an interesting note. That's cool. Alright, pre-judgment day. Dun, dun, dun. First trailer up, Steve Jobs, starring Michael Fassbender, Kate Winslet, Jeff Bridges, Seth Rogen, directed by Danny Boyle, Jeez. the director of um, so many movies, Slumdog Millionaire, Sunshine, uh, fucking 127 Hours, Train Spotting, the list goes on. This is the story of Steve Jobs. No, this is... There was obviously that Ashton Kutcher movie, yeah. Jobs. Jobs. That came out. This is Steve Jobs. Apparently, this is written by Aaron Sorkin, and it just takes place over the course of three events. Uh, press conferences, like announcing the Mac, the iPod, etc., etc. And it's basically just the behind-the-scenes. And I guess it's supposed to give you a idea of just who he was as a man. Yeah, I didn't. I think I watched Jobs. I can't remember if I I've seen did all not. of it. <laughs> it didn't interest me to really watch. But this trailer, I think it looks pretty good. I mean, yeah, it doesn't give away a whole whole lot. No, it's a short trailer. All it is is just a clip of people like lines from the movie, dialogue from the movie. While it shows Michael Fassbender as Steve Jobs on stage. Yeah, um, love Michael Fassbender. The pedigree to this movie. It's like one of my most anticipated just because I would didn't need to see a trailer. <laughs> tell yeah. me the actors involved, tell me the director involved, tell me the writer involved. I'm in. Yeah. It looks Agreed. great. It looks great. It's a very stylish and it seems informative without <laughs> that kind of makes it sound kinda of crappy, yeah. but it, it seems cool. I'm also interested to see how Seth Rogen will do in a serious drama. Yeah. I think he could do well. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Next up, David Gordon Green's Manglehorn, starring, what's his name? It's like Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a a guy, an older guy. I don't really know what this movie's talking about. I don't, he has like a long lost bitter. love. and oh, man. Just seems know. like a character study, basically. Yeah. With a little bit of a mystery element to it. Um, I thought it looked pretty good, though. It like, does. It looks like De Niro was pretty strong. De Niro? <laughs> his rival Pacino you cross Michael Corleone <laughs> but yeah I thought it had a good vibe to it didn't really get a whole lot of plot wise exactly but yeah I'm interested I love David Gordon Green makes a lot of good movies yeah I don't know if I'll see it in theaters or anything but I I am eager to see what it is about mm -hmm. it looks like cool. Did you see Joe, David Gordon Green's movie no, from last I haven't year? Seen that. Nicholas Cage. Looks like he's gonna do. That movie was pretty good. I thought. I, I've heard uh, my brother said it's good too. Not great. Not as good as some of his others, but Nicholas Cage gave a great performance, and I feel like he's gonna do for Al Pacino what he did for <laughs> Nicholas Cage. You know, a guy that hasn't had a good performance in a while, but yeah, he'll give him a shot. That's cool. So, next up. Cooties. Cooties. Uh, based off the cast list and the name of the movie, I would have thought this would be terrible, but it's, 
right, it's basically it, it uh, kind of looks bad, but I mean, the movie is about it's like a take on a zombie movie, except only kids who haven't gone through puberty can become zombies. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like a horror comedy with Rain Wilson. Who else was in it? Uh, Jack McBriar. Yeah. There's some familiar names, some funny people involved, but I don't, know. I, I don't know. I thought it looked like it could be decent. Yeah, it might be. I, I gotta admit, I laughed yeah. out loud a handful of times during the trailer, so. Looks cute, so say. <laughs> yeah. Like a mixture of, you said it, and I'm taking it, right. running with it. <laughs> School of Rock mixed with, like, Zombieland or... Yeah. Or one of those. Or like a World War Z or yeah, something yeah. like that. Exactly. thought that was a pretty good analogy. I'm looking forward to it more than I was before. In, initially. Well, first, because I had never even heard of it. But second, because of my preconceived notions. Yeah. It didn't look <laughs> as bad as I thought it would. And last up is the documentary Bat Kid Begins. I think everybody knows the story by now of yeah. Bat Kid, the... Make-A-Wish Foundation kid that had leukemia and uh, wanted to be Batman, basically. So they shut down San Francisco and turned it into Gotham. Yeah. And this is a documentary documenting that. Yeah. And it looked very heartwarming and depressing as all hell. <laughs> yeah. It, I am sure I will bawl my eyes out. Yeah. Good luck not choking up one. <laughs> but I'll I'll watch it. This yeah, seems yeah, like, I definitely. I'll definitely seems like it. something up uh, Sam, my wife's alley. She likes these kind of. She likes documentaries in general, but she also likes the sad kind. I guess you could say. <laughs> I think it's the emotionals. The I think the documentaries could be more interesting than the actual story. Like what actually yeah. went into making that happen. I mean, it's pretty big. Yeah. So. I never used to be into documentaries at all. I'm definitely more into them now than I was. Oh, uh, I, I just probably hadn't seen the right ones. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get into theaters. We can do our little little update on the summer box office draft. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's do that. There's more than one movie out now <laughs> that's involved. Avengers: Age of Ultron is up to like 1.2 billion. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that's that's looking good. I I hear it's going to wind up around 1.6, which is. A hundred million more than the first. Oh, really? If it ends up doing that, yes. <clears throat> so that's uh, that's good for you. And then <laughs> you also didn't do as bad as I thought with Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Uh, made forty five point five million in its opening weekend domestically. Not bad. Good it's reviews. Over a yeah. hundred internationally so far. Um, yeah, good, great reviews. Yeah. One of the best reviewed movies of the year. At ninety-eight or ninety-nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, yes, I have I haven't heard a single bad thing about it from anyone. I cannot believe that. I really can't. I figured there would at least be some Mad Max haters out there. Yeah, you know? I mean, one of the podcasts I listened to, the guy gave it a six out of five. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> and I recently have watched the first two Mad Max movies. I uh, had never seen them, and I thought I gave them both like a six and a half out of ten. Just thought they were interesting, but okay. Yeah. And even I'm getting pumped up to see this movie <laughs> just because of their actions. Like, if it was just like the old Mad Maxes, where it's like a cult classic, or people that like it love it. Yeah. It wouldn't have this kind of response. Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. everybody loves it. Everybody. I haven't heard a single even mediocre thing said about it. 
Yeah, I think uh, the last review I read about it was 9.6 out of 10. Yeah. So, that might wrap things up, folks. Uh, Joel, <laughs> no, if, if Mad Max does really good for you, that's... That's going to be tough to beat. To I, go I really, I have to hope Terminator doesn't like, yeah. lose me money. <laughs> True. Yeah. That's the last hurdle in your... Yeah, I think Ted will in do your Bill Daly. Decent, at least. <laughs> You're definitely Bill Daly in this. Yeah. Uh, getting out in the lead and probably no going to stick to Had the first movie released. Had the biggest movie released. Yeah. I'm running this like the Preakness. Me and Casey still do not have a movie out, but... <laughs> Edgar, Edgar Shepard of SoundOnSite.org, he did have his first movie. What was it? Pitch Perfect 2. It did great, didn't it? It did amazing. <laughs> 70, $70 million for first place uh, over its opening weekend, which is already more than the first movie made in its entire Holy international crap. run. <laughs> so, yeah, the budget, I believe, is like $13 million. So, Jeez. definitely going to be profitable. Has a decent Rotten Tomatoes thing, like seventy percent. So it's not going to have the big numbers of an Avengers, obviously, but it's going to be good for him. Yeah. It's a good start, you know. Get your feet in the water, st- start in the shallow end, and work your way. Yeah. I think if anyone has a chance against you, it's probably Edgar. After relooking at my picks, really, my first movie comes out this weekend, Tomorrowland. Reviews aren't great. I am yeah, I think I saw one good review. I hadn't looked into it too um, much. I'm not liking my chances. Really? So yeah. Overall, I think I would have had to kill it with all five of my picks to catch up to your yeah, domination. Well, just but, having a movie like The Avengers. Yeah. Good thing there's like Star Wars or something. <laughs> Imagine how big Star Wars is going to be. That'll be the biggest movie of the year, possibly. Mm, I think so. I think so. Yeah. All right. Well, also the connection came out, which is the, the it's a remake slash different look at the French Connection, yeah. except from the French side oh. of the of the goings ons. So cool. next week on the podcast, we'll be reviewing Taken Three, as well as our top five worst movies of all time. <laughs> so I guess bottom five and. Famous bad movie, The Room. The Room. I've heard so much about it, it's annoying to me. Like, <laughs> how people will go to screenings, ironically, to, and they get together to watch it over and over again. <laughs> and we'll f- we will finally get to see what this fuss is all about. Yeah. And to also go along with the theme, also coming out for Redbox, Hot Tub Time Machine Part 2. <laughs> I thought the first one was okay enough. Yeah, it was kind of funny. But this looks terrible. Yeah. And Cake, the Jennifer Aniston movie where she doesn't wear makeup. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. But anyway, thanks for listening. As always, you can email us, theredboxreport at yahoo.com. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, we will respond on air. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at theredboxreport. I'm on Twitter at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at the RBR Joel. Like us on Facebook, subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Find us on Stitcher Radio. And on Letterboxd, I am at the Oriole Report. So as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>